So I wanted to spend a little bit of time on the second, third foundations of mindfulness, really the, the foundation of our practice. I, I don't know, it came to me sometime this week, you know, uh, I was thinking about the second foundation, which is the foundation of feeling tone or Vedana, which is whether things are pleasant or unpleasant. And that's such an important practice. And I think, I don't think it's ever, um, I don't think any of this is ever the wrong time to look at it, uh, look at these things. But uh, it just was, uh, it came up for me this week. And then Thursday, I felt really, I think it was Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. I don't remember when it was. I know I teach on Thursdays. It might have been Wednesday. That I was just feeling really, there was a lot of emotion up. I think it was the, 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 the Breonna Taylor grand jury. And then there was the... Uh, Trump was like, nah, I'm probably not going to leave the office. You know, those kinds of remarks that are kind of agitating. And I noticed at some point during the day, I was feeling, it was almost some kind of a sensation in my body that I couldn't, I couldn't label as a tingling or something. And that eventually moved into a nausea. It wasn't physical, it was emotional. There's something in my body and, you know, all these feelings. And I, and I, uh, was really grateful for this practice to go, oh, look at this. This is unpleasant. What is this? And just to be with it. And and when I, you know, I, I couldn't actually put my finger on it. I didn't have time to sit with it, but just to hold it and not get sucked into anything. What does this mean? What I have to fix? I have to do? I have to do anything? But um, just just being with being with. And so I think that's why it's really helpful to look at the, uh, the, the, the second foundation. And, and just briefly going back, the first foundation is that breath and body really grounding ourselves. It's so important to be grounded in the body because so much of our wisdom resides in the body. I was at a, a, a set part of a or a few listened to a few talks uh with uh, bhikkhu bodhi a couple of weeks ago he did a weekend retreat on the abhidhamma and he was saying this you have to have this grounding in the body before you can you can move into the cultivation of wisdom with the mind it just it's so important and so that first foundation is that 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 grounding and then the second foundation is bringing an awareness to the sensations that you're receiving the the sensations of the the uh, the six senses in buddhism the regular five senses smell taste touch sound um physical sensation and thought and recognizing whether those are pleasant or unpleasant or neutral and the reason this is so important, because depending on whether it's pleasant or pleasant, unpleasant, it activates tendencies that we have. Pleasant activates um, desire and clinging. Unpleasant activates dislike and aversion. And neither, when something is neutral, we can just wander off into delusion, just not really being aware, just making stuff up is kind of what happens when we're just like, nothing's going on and I'm bored. Let me figure something out. So it's so important to pay attention. We have to pay attention to whether things are unpleasant because if we don't, we just drive right into 
this has to stop, I need to fix this, I want that instead, I, this is pleasant, I need to have more. That was a fun dinner with friends, let's recreate the exact same dinner with the exact same menu with the exact same everybody. Ever done that? Yeah, it was like, oh, that was fun, let's do the exact same thing. And it never works out the same. It could be a great time, but it wasn't the same, so we're disappointed. And so setting that, really paying attention to that. And today, I ran across this quote. I was reading something, and I ran across this quote from William James, who was a, I don't even know if he was a psychologist or what he was, but he was back in like the 1800s, the 19th century, and he was he said, any sequence of mental action which has been frequently repeated tends to perpetuate itself so that we find ourselves automatically prompted to think, feel, or do what we have been before accustomed to think, feel, or do under like circumstances without any conscious, consciously, frame, consciously formed purpose or anticipation of results. We just react. We develop these habits of mind. Oh, pleasant, want more. Unpleasant, push away. And we, we just react the same way we are accustomed to reacting without any consciously formed purpose or anticipation. We just do it. We're on autopilot. And, and, you know, I love that Buddha talked about this stuff 2,600 years ago. And then you can find quotes from you know, medieval monks to William James to all these people along through, and now neuroscience is showing that. So that this is this is the way the mind works, and so we to be aware of it helps us to not act unconsciously and get caught in our habituated tendencies, because um, they're they're not always wise, they're not always skillful. I I have a bunch of them. We all have a bunch of them. And I'm sure you know, you've been practicing for a while. I'm sure you know those habits of mind that just like, why? Why do I still think this way? Why do I still react this way? Um, and so we have to retrain the mind. Even if we know intellectually that it's better if we let go of these, we still can habitually react, habitually react. The other day I made a post on Facebook. Social media is a really great place to practice these things. I made a post about something, and I think I put hashtag Black Lives Matter, and somebody responded in a way that um, aggravated me. And I immediately typed up a, a response. Actually, I did it on my phone, and I went, let that and I and I erased it. You know, why speech? Is this necessary? Is this the right time? And so I let it go. But I knew I wanted to respond to it. But my autopilot response was snarky um, because it was unpleasant. And I'm I respond in a very snarky way. I can. That's that's a habitual pattern of mine is snarkasm. And so I let it go because I didn't want to go there. But I could see it, and I just fell right into it. But grateful for this practice that I could stop and pause and go, oh, this is an uncomfortable feeling. When I read this, I'm just like, anger, aversion, respond. And I was able to let it go and go, you know what, I'll think about this tomorrow. And other people were going, blah, blah, blah. there were little wars going on. And I was like, I don't have to deal with that. I don't have to do anything. 
until I am capable of responding. And so that's what we have to do. We have to pay attention. Otherwise, we get sucked into that. We become entranced. Um, we have to refine. We have to cultivate this awareness. We have to begin to see. And this is, again, this is kind of moving into the third foundation. We have to start seeing the big picture, all these emotions. Recognize when there's uh, aversion. Recognize when there's craving. The unpleasant leads to the one. The tendency is activated for aversion. The pleasant is, the tendency is activated towards craving. So watching all of this and stepping back from it being personal because it's not personal. None of this is personal, but we have to be aware of it all the time, not just when we're on the cushion. And I also saw this article um, written by Sayadaw Utejaniya, who is a Burmese monk very wise person and he talks about um open awareness where we're aware of whatever's coming and going we don't have an object of awareness we're just open to whatever shows up and we're 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 paying attention to that and we practice that on the cushion but he says we have to we have to meditate um what does he say he says we have to be uh meditate 24 7 where is he said um yeah, forget the idea that meditation happens only on a cushion or in the meditation hall. Meditation is so important that we need to do it all the time, whenever we can remember. We should meditate from the moment we wake up in the morning till the moment we fall asleep. And it's not that we walk around with our eyes closed, but we meditation, Satipatthana, the Satipatthana Sutta is, Sati is also being with. So we're, we are with our experience all the time. We are with our awareness all the time. There's never, I mean, we're not, but that's the intention. The goal is to be with it all the time. Because when we're not, we get sucked into those those doing or responding or acting or caught up in the, the, the three poisons, the defilements, greed, hatred, and delusion and ignorance. Um, and the more we remember to be aware, the more we nourish the wisdom, wisdom that dissolves the stress, that dissolves our suffering. And the suffering is the greed, the hatred, and the, the ignorance, the, the second dart. Because what happens when we get caught up in these things, we have the experience and then we, we lay the story on top of it. You know, the second arrow or the second dart. It's like, oh, I responded that way. Who does she think she, or she responded to me that way. Who does she think she is? Wait till I do. And so instead of going, wow, unpleasant, I go into this story, which is just, you know, building upon shooting myself in the arrow a bazillion times. So recognizing that. Um, you know, and it's not the experience, it's how we hold it. Recognizing that it's not the experience itself. This is unpleasant. Yeah, it's unpleasant, but it's how we hold it. How do we hold these difficulties? It's recognizing that... It's not getting sucked into the storyline. It's not making it about me. It's not making it about um, uh, myself and I. It's about seeing that this is a natural reaction of the mind to come up with this. This is a natural response. This feeling of this is unpleasant. 
there's a feeling of aversion or there's a feeling of fear or there's a feeling of sadness, it makes sense for this emotion to show up. Why wouldn't it? When people say, oh, I shouldn't feel this, it's like, why wouldn't you feel that? Why wouldn't that emotion arise, that sensation? It makes sense. It's how you work with it. That's really important. That's the important piece. We begin to recognize with the second and third foundation the impersonal nature of the mind. It's the habitual patterns that keep coming and keep rising over and over again. And right effort is, um, Tejaniya says, right effort is to keep reminding ourselves to be aware. And we pre reminding ourselves that it's not personal. You know, the mind is not personal. It's not me. It's not mine. No one is there. This is seeing things clearly. It's just the arising and passing of sensations. It's not me. I don't have to put, I'm so angry. It's like, oh, wow, here's this anger again. How do I hold it? You know, how do I hold it? Um, yeah, the... Uh, the other day I was driving and I was, I was running some errands and I was fantasizing about, um, I was fantasizing, oh God, I was fantasizing about a Facebook post I was going to write because social media, it's, it's a realm we wander around in, some of us, and this Facebook post was going to be amazing and it was going to change people's minds. It was going to be so good. And then I stopped and I laughed and I went, wait a minute, what's going on here? And I realized that there was that discomfort that I had been feeling the day before was still there. And the mind starts creating scenarios to make that discomfort go away. And if I create this Facebook post that will change hearts, of my, hearts and minds, uh, I'll win and then I'll live happily ever after and this uncomfortable sensation in my body will disappear. Instead, I have to recognize that that's crazy and come back to this experience. I don't have to take it on. I don't have to make it about me. It's just, it's just unpleasant. It's just sad. Sometimes it's, um, um, uh, the history, it's our deep, deeply seated um, uh, stories. It's, it's our, um, you know, our deep, deep conditioning. I, I have to share this. I, um, my husband was watching a movie today. I don't remember the name of it, but it was with Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and Kevin Hart. And I guess Kevin Hart was, no, Dwayne Johnson, if you know him, he's very big and very strong. Um, and he was, I guess, uh, a nerd in high school and he got bullied a lot and they were going back to their high school reunion and he was talking to Kevin Hart who said, and, and Kevin Hart said, wasn't that painful that they picked on you all the time? And, and Dwayne Johnson said, no, I just took all those feelings and pushed them into a little ball and stuffed them really down deep. And it's all good. And Kevin Hart's like, going, I don't know if that's a good idea. But I just laugh because that's what we do. We take these 
old ideas, these old feelings that are so uncomfortable, and we stuff them all the way down, and we don't want to feel them, but they show up, and we have to hold them. We have to feel them, um, and we have to be with that sadness. We have to be with that grief. We have to be with that loss, and Pema Chodron talks, every, all, the, all our wise, wise, wise teachers talk about it. And, and I, she was, I found something she was saying, she says, you know, we have to open to these, we have to be aware. And that's what um, Utejaniya talks about. We have to cultivate awareness. And his teacher, I talk, I, I've used this line a couple of mornings, the last couple of mornings, because I found this the other day. Uh, Utejaniya's teacher, Shui Umin says, don't try to do anything. Don't try to prevent anything, but don't miss what's happening. So don't stuff those feelings away. Don't try and fix them. There's nothing to be fixed. You know, that, that grand plan in my mind to create the, the best Facebook post ever is trying to fix a feeling I have. There's no need to fix it. Just be with it. Turn towards it. You know, this is what Pema Chodron says. These feelings that we've become so accomplished at avoiding, avoiding can soften and transform us, which is really what we want to do. We don't want to lug this stuff around. We want to soften and transform it. You know, the practice is to train in not automatically fee- fleeing from uncomfortableness, from discomfort. Or from the vulnerability, from tenderness. And what we're asked to do is be vulnerable. Not missing anything, don't miss what's happening, is an invitation to be vulnerable. Is an invitation to open up. To turn towards the, the sadness or the fear or the joy. You know, I love, she talks about, um, Pema Chodron talks about, Fear, when she talks, she's talking about fear, fear is like a doorway we go through. But where that doorway we, leads is not predetermined. We don't know. We think we know. We think we have to fix things. And if we don't fix things, X, Y, and Z are going to happen. But we have no clue. Instead, we turn towards what's here and allow it to open up however it's going to open up. Allow it to f- feel it however it is to be felt, however it needs to be felt. And that's, a, that's, that's the path to connection. That's the path to, to connecting with each other. Um, that's how we find our humanity when we bring this, this compassion, this heart practice in. Um, I talked about that last week. I talked about the, um, the neuroscience and the, when you activate the particular uh, parietal lobes in the brain, that's what builds up the empathetic response. That's what builds up compassion. And we break down these barriers between ourselves. And we break down the barriers that we have towards ourselves so we no longer have to stuff those things down. We can let them arise. We can be more empathetic to ourselves, compassionate towards ourselves and to others. And so there's this place of connection. And then, and then that just enables us to move through the world in harmony, like Bhikkhu Bodhi talks about as we move with the Eightfold Path, we're moving in harmony with the world, not causing harm, being wise, being generous, being compassionate. It's this incredible vision of what it could be like 
um, if we actually were able to open to ourselves. But we can't until we train ourselves in recognition. You know, that's what coming back to the feeling tone, recognizing, oh, this is unpleasant. What's my immediate reaction? Run away or pound it down? You have to find out for yourself what your immediate reaction is. Recognize it and then don't do it. Or come back from it when you find yourself doing it. It's not easy. It takes repetition. It takes rebuilding new habit patterns. So paying attention instead of just doing things without paying attention, do it by paying attention. There is, um, I was, uh, 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 I, I got a book. I heard a Dharma talk last week by a teacher, Larry Ward, um, who's a Zen teacher. And he wrote a book called Racial Karma. And I ordered it and it came on Thursday and it came right before or about an hour before I was doing my class on Thursday and I was glancing through it and there was a, a, a he has a little practice in here that is called holding suffering with clarity and grace. Then I looked at it and I thought it was perfect for what I'm talking about. It's, you know, we're invited to be with our experience. The feeling tone, the practice of, of, of the second, second foundation, is it pleasant, is it unpleasant? The third foundation, we begin to recognize the emotions that may be involved in the, the mental states. When we see what's arising, the fear, the suffering, the angry, the anger, the sorrow, the mourning. There's a lot of grief right now. There's a lot of mourning. And we have to continue to tend to it. We have to, but... It's not always easy. Um, it's much easier to miss what's happening. So how do we do it? And so I'm just going to read this little piece. I, it just blew me away because I thought it just was so perfect. And he says, he, he, he's a, Larry Ward's a, a, a practitioner in the Thich Nhat Hanh tradition. In fact, he was um, um, received transmission from Thich Nhat Hanh. When the gates of grief open, and this is something... Oh, no, this is what he wrote. This is what Larry wrote. When the gates of grief open in my heart and I am overwhelmed by the continuousness of blood on the ground, there are a few things I can do. Many years ago in Plum Village, I heard a poem by Thich Nhat Hanh that he wrote after a bombing that happened in Vietnam during the war, a bombing by Americans. He wrote, For Warmth, it's the name of the poem. I hold my face in my two hands. No, I am not crying. I hold my face in my two hands to keep the loneliness warm. Two hands protecting, two hands nourishing, two hands preventing my soul from leaving me in anger. I'll read that again because what it's about is we actually physically put our hand in our head in our hands and hold what we're feeling. This touch that we give to ourselves is so important. That's another connection to the body that is 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 paramount, so important. 
to practice. So we touch, we touch ourselves and we hold whatever it is. Here he talks about the, the fear. But whatever the emotion is, I hold my face in my two hands. No, I am not crying. I hold my face in my two hands to keep the loneliness warm. Two hands protecting, two hands nourishing, two hands preventing my soul from leaving me in anger. He's talking about loneliness. Whatever, I think that can be used for whatever we're feeling, nourishing, holding, making space for, not judging, not fixing, but holding, opening to our vulnerability, opening to our discomfort. As Shui as, Umin uh, said, again, don't try and do anything. Don't try and prevent anything. But don't miss what's happening. Don't put it into a ball and stuff it really deep. Don't make grandiose plans to fix, but tend to the internal experience. I'm talking about feelings. I'm not talking about injustice. I'm not talking about the external practice. I'm talking about the internal practice. There's an internal practice and an external practice. And this is about the internal practice of taking care of ourselves, which is incredibly important. So those are my thoughts on the importance of really paying attention and tending to these experiences we have. Uh, there's no way around them. There's no, I don't think there's any other way. It's, it's just through, not around. Thank you for visiting Undefended Dharma. These teachings are freely offered. However, if you would like to make a donation to help support the technology that makes these podcasts possible, please visit marystancavage.org backslash support. Thank you.